I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am Misha Globerman, and I am the host both of the podcast and of the Trampoline Hall live show that takes place in Toronto. Uh, the show takes place in Toronto, uh, usually in a bar, the Garrison. Uh, sometimes we go to other cities, uh, but that's usually where we are. The way the show works is uh, uh, someone gets up on stage, they give a lecture, uh, and then we take questions after. But the thing about the lecture is this. They may not speak on subjects about which they are professionally expert. It cannot be their job to know the thing. That's how it goes. Uh, here on the podcast, what we do is we go through our vast archives, and we pull out one lecture with the Q&A, and we zap it to you directly into your brain. By the way, if you like it and you're in Toronto, you should come check out the live show. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, if you want to find out when it is, you can go to our website, get on our mailing list, and we will let you know when the shows happen. But that that is the distant future. Let us talk now of now, right now, which is what we're about to do, is get on to this episode's lecture. And let me introduce that to you. The topic is hunting, and the lecturer is Jessica Edwards. <laughs> bad at this, so you'll have to tell me about the microphone thing. Okay. In the United States, in the Catskills, which is in upstate New York, there is a ritual that happens around American Thanksgiving. The folks in the country, they get out their rifles of regulated gauges, their bows and their arrows, and don fashion-forward outfits, mainly of leaf patterns and electric orange, and hit the woods. Deer hunting has begun. There are many rules and regulations to hunting upstate or downstate if you're in Canada. Antler size, whether you are shooting buck or doe, location, season restrictions, and of course, age considerations. So one of the rules is that a hunter under the age of 17 may still take a buck with at least one antler that is three inches long, which is according to the 2006 muzzleloading gun deer season policies. It gives the young people something to aim for, so to speak. Um, so, but what is it about the ritual of the predator and the prey that people find so appealing even after Michael Moore has made it so unfashionable? And why is it that the etymology of hunting crops up in so many activities that don't involve tying a carcass to the roof of your car? The activities, they're all really different, but there's one fundamental commonality, pursuit, which in America anyway is a constitutional right. So let's consider the most famous hunter of all, Orion. 
If you don't know, Orion is that guy in the sky with the two dogs. He has a belt of three stars lined up that are the easiest constellation to spot in the winter sky. One could argue that he started this whole hunting fashion thing with his fancy shiny belt. But to make a long story short, Orion was the greatest hunter in all of the land, but also kind of a show-off. And the Mother Earth and all of the other gods up in Greek myth heaven heard that he had been talking shit about how he could kill all the wild animals in the whole world. So this really pissed them off, obviously, being the creator of all of those. So they sent a scorpion after him, which inevitably killed him. Whoa, shaking hands much? Okay. But Orion was a great hunter of beasts and of women. And Artemis, who was a huntress himself, herself, excuse me, and an admirer of Orion, implored the gods to place her love up in the sky so she could gaze upon him forever. They agreed, as long as they placed the scorpion there to warn against such nasty crimes as ego. But the great hunter Orion was fearful that the scorpion would attack him in the heavens and beg that they place, be placed further apart from each other. So this is why the scorpion is a spring constellation and Orion a winter, and the hunter becomes the hunted. Three hours south of the Catskills, in New York City proper, a whole other type of hunting goes on in the concrete jungle. Man hunting. The, the rituals. The, awesome. Okay. I feel better now. Okay. The, rich, the rituals of dating in New York City have many rules and guidelines, seasons and outfits, just as many as its upstate counterpart. And the trophies are just as cumbersome. Most of the women in New York date exclusively online. And their rifles and bullets are techno winks and flirtatious emails. Gone are the days when you could meet someone drunk in a bar and wake up hangover hoping that you've written their phone number down properly. In New York City, manhunting is also a contact sport. And according to regulations, which I'm sure are similar up here, if you meet a man on Friday, you're not allowed to call him until Tuesday, and your first couple of dates shouldn't be during prime weekend time. It parallels the bait and wait strategy used for big game hunting like Alaskan grizzly bear. With, with online dating, it's more than likely that you'll be stalking several prey at once, always with the baiting, the line, and the casting, a continuous cycle of action and reaction in pursuit of a larger goal. In this case, men or women. But these men or women could be anything. The fundamental principle of search and capture are basic elements in human nature. Like the act of hunting and gathering did for the tribes that came before us, this cycle forms the social fabric of which we are all a part. My hands aren't working right now, sorry guys. Okay, allow me to introduce a theory. So this is a theory. It's called hunting, it's the theory of hunting. And it will open up the consideration of search, capture, and pursuit. Now, it's a little bit high-minded and deep brain, but it's a theory and they're supposed to do that. So basically, theoretical hunting is a self-exciting oscillation of a system and is common in systems which incorporate feedback. It's an important phenomenon in many fields, including engineering, economics, and biology. Okay, so keywords, self-exciting. Self-exciting oscillation. The straight mathy definition of this is that self-exciting oscillations are logical consequences of systems which are described by a closed loop of time-lagged differential equations. Okay, what? Okay. I have no idea. I don't know anything about math. I'm not a math person. But what I take this to, 
to B is that variable A influences something in variable B, which in turn drives a change in variable C, et cetera, and so on. So feedback, which basically refers to the fact that the system is closed, and then the output returns to the input. So the theory of hunting, basically for the rest of us who don't know anything about math, is that hunting is action and reaction completed in a closed system that incorporates time delay. Fine. But that's basically how we communicate with each other as humans. You say something, I respond, we repeat, hopefully we repeat again, and there's a timely manner. Visually, I would say it looks like infinity, like the figure eight. So applying hunting theory to hunting, in game hunting, the action and reaction is the predator and the prey in a closed system of stalking and running. There is a time delay involving patience and marksmanship that will allow for the predator to capture his prey. And although the specific act itself has a final ending, whether that be venison for dinner or Kentucky Fried Chicken, the ritual of hunting itself incorporates feedback. Remember Orion? His output returned to bite him in the ass or stung him with the scorpion's tail, as the case may be. There is another type of hunting that uses enticement and incentive to lure its prey rather than bullets and arrows. Headhunting in corporate culture is incredibly pervasive and the position is often internal in the HR department of a large company. These folks are more likely referred to as recruiters rather than headhunters because headhunting specifically suggests a whole other level of specialization and an intimate knowledge of the person that they are hunting as well as the position they're trying to fill. And they're relentless. They're like sly foxes and sleazy private investigators all wrapped up into one, tempting the potential employee with benefits and remuneration. And there's a certain quality to high-level headhunting that is similar to the thrill of walking through the woods following your prey, the lure of the trophy, in this case, commission. In its own way, the pre-colonial headhunting that was practiced in Nigeria and Borneo and the Amazon Basin and many other places had its own lure of a type of commission. Remember the guys with the heads and the sticks and the shrunken heads and that in that anthropology textbook from first year university, those guys. So the debate among scholars as to what the purpose was for them was commonly believed to be a ceremonial practice that defended hierarchies, cemented social structures within the tribes of when it, where it was practiced. Some academics consider it to be an important display of manhood and prestige. Sound familiar? You put those guys in a three-piece suit and it's like Wall Street, Bay Street, same thing. There is another component to all the ceremonial bragging and showing off, and of course this is the shopping, the bargain hunting. So back in the States, they have a relatively interesting document called the Declaration of Independence. I'm sure you've heard of it. And then there's this one line, and it always sort of makes me laugh because it basically outlines the paradox that is the US. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it's a little known fact that happiness actually used to be property. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, which is a whole different thing. Capitalism should have been incorporated directly into the country. And just as an aside, in Canada, there's a similar saying, and it's good, excuse me, it's peace, order, and good government, which I actually believe emphasizes the very difference between Americans and Canadians, and that's that they're basically the same, except that they're not. So <clears throat> we were talking about, um, oh, shopping, right, okay, tangent. So my grandmother is American, 
She lives in Northeast Philadelphia, and her and my grandfather are blue-collar retirees. They live comfortably, have health insurance, and a nice spacious apartment, and they usually go to the diner for the early bird special. And they aren't rich, but they aren't poor, but she loves to clip coupons. This woman, any weekend I go to visit on Sunday morning, without fail, is sitting with the Philadelphia Inquirer, all the news sections on the floor, and she's looking through the circulars, as she calls them. They're on her lap. Buy two jars of fat-free Hellman's mayonnaise and get the third for half off. You can like see the excitement in her face. She's like totally dying. And basically, my th why would anyone need that much mayonnaise? Like, who? <laughs> these people are like they have high cholesterol and they eat out half the time. So what's the point? But for her, it's it's a bargain. So we get in the car and we go to the shop, right? And I help her carry three jars of mayonnaise in, back into the car and up the stairs. And she puts it in the pantry and it'll sit there for three years. But you know what? She doesn't care. She found a bargain. And it was in the pursuit of the almighty deal and she won. So she, she acquired the mayo and it will sit there in the closet displayed like a trophy, her proverbial antlers on the wall. So I, too, am a stalker of bargains. Anyone who knows me knows that I love the thrift stores. Even finding the good thrift stores in the various towns and cities that I visit is a form of hunting, because there's nothing like a really good one. But the true achievement is walking out with three bags full of clothing for 50 bucks, and then, of course, the bragging rights and tall tales associated with hunting that come into play. For example, so I went out to lunch last week or something, and I put on my jacket at the end of the meal, and my work colleague said, oh my god, that jacket is gorgeous. Is that Marc Jacobs? And I'm like, no, I got it at a thrift store for $8. I had actually paid $18, but they didn't really need to know that, right? <laughs> so the tales of hunting aren't, reserved, aren't only reserved for the size of the catch. These rituals are deeply ingrained in the structure and form of the act, no matter what we are in pursuit of. So back in game hunting land, there's this built-in fraternity that's ingrained in going out on the hunt. In the Catskills, where my family has a house, we pass numerous hunting lodges on the way up the two-mile road to our property. These ones are mostly ramshackle, where grown men and boys alike sleep in bunk beds, and there is inevitably a family of mice who call the place home as well. But there is a whole huge industry behind hunting, where men Men take their sons, and hopefully some of their daughters, and pay thousands of dollars to go deep into Saskatchewan to shoot moose, or to the Dakotas to shoot turkey or buffalo. Um, did you guys know that turkey is actually big game hunting? Like, turkey, anyway, whatever. I thought that was really cool. I'm like, what? Anyway, there's a whole commerce built around this sense of brotherhood that strengthen, st is strengthens that bond by stalking and hopefully killing another living thing. Then there's all the post-hunting rituals, like the archiving and the skinning and the cooking and the drinking, all designed to manufacture this sense of camaraderie. So in the end, is that what hunting is all about? That's the reason that we go off alone or in packs in pursuit of a common goal? I guess for all the environmental, social, and cultural debates that come up in the contemporary sport of game hunting, there's one common argument missing. Hunting, in any of its forms, provides us with an inherent interpersonal connection that we are all looking for. Jessica Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are there any questions? Yes, uh, you near the back. Uh, do you have... Great question, thank you. <clears throat> um, no. <laughs> I would like to hunt, but um, I'm, I would like to purchase a gun, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not to use here. Um, I'm, current, I'm not actually allowed to buy a gun right now because um, I wanted to start off with something small like a BB gun, but my grandfather got his eye shot out when he was like seven, and so... I, he won't let me. So well, I'm, and, and I'm your not gran- a hunter. Your, your grandfather is in charge of this in the state that you live in. Yeah, kind or of. Or is he just like can you? You actually is that right? You can't because your grandfather won't let you. It's like a guilt thing. Wow. I'm a Jew. What do you want? Wow. Wait, do you know Jews who hunt? No. <laughs> no. You would be the first. <laughs> they hunt for bargains. That's true. Something. So wait, your grand, but your grandfather. How did your grandfather? How did your grandfather? How was your How was your Jewish grandfather near a near a hunting, or was he shot in a different situation? It was a different. It was like on the street, you know, like the you know the Christmas story when they go out and they're like, "I want a gun for Hanukkah or whatever," and then inevitably one of the bad kids got one. So like a passing gentile was having a heartwarming moment, and your grandfather got shot in the eye. Basically, yeah. Basically. All right. That's generally what happened. Wow. But do you really want to hunt? Are you like? Is it something that you aspire to? Um. I, I would like to hunt cans to start out with. This whole, like, killing another living thing is a little bit weird. But um, I, I wouldn't mind shooting some, some... Like, I wouldn't mind the act of shooting a gun, but I don't know that I could... But not the part where the bullet hits the other thing. That's yeah. where you're, That's where the story's... The yeah, interesting unless, part is over for you. Exactly. Okay. So, like, riflery. Yeah. Like, archery or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, any, anything else people would like I? to know? There are so many different kinds of hunting you can ask about that I know it's like... Yes, uh, you, sir. Is your uh, metaphor for hunting a uh, positive thing or a negative thing in your life? Um, Which, well, you're asking if the, metaphor, if the metaphor is a positive or negative thing. You mean the... the yeah, os- in general, like your idea of hunting, whether it be for men or clothing. Or oh, so you, do you think just hunting is good? <clears throat> I think the act of pursuing something is good. So um, what I took hunting to be... In that act, yes, I think it's a positive thing to pursue something. What about what about killing it when you get it? Yeah. <laughs> in all the different, <laughs> in each of the different rounds, we'll run through them. Uh, <laughs> no comment. I don't. Know. <laughs> okay. uh, anything else you would like to know? Yes, yes, you ma'am. What do you think makes someone someone a good hunter? A- excellent question. What makes a good hunter? Um, 
I think probably patience and diligence would probably be those part of that. Um, you know, it depends. I guess it depends what you're hunting, and you know, if you're standing in the woods in the freezing cold waiting for a deer, then patience and probably beer is a good thing. But <laughs> other than like, that's probably it. Um, I think it depends on what you're looking for, but it seems that when you in, are in pursuit of something, you must wait for it to to capture. So. So there you go. Patience. Patience, patience is the biggie. Anything else people would like to know? Yes, yes, you, sir. Does, does patience work for man? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again, please? Is <laughs> patience important in man? Could you say that in your answer? Yes, patience is important in man hunting. <laughs> God damn it. Were you, were you like, if I put this word in, no one's going to hear the rest of the whole lecture? Were you worried, were you worried about that? No, that's what I wanted. All right. Well, it's, it's, worked out, it's worked out for you. <laughs> you. You, have, you have captured them with the, the, the word that you put out. So what, how, does that, how does that work? How does that work in, in man? <laughs> even I, I'm sick. In man hunting. How does how does the patience how does patience apply itself in that sort of situation? Sounds like we're talking about sheep, like man I hunting. <laughs> I thought that was the implicit the, the sort of implicit subtext. I don't know. <laughs> what was so? Wait, no, but okay, uh, uh, but no. Is there like how does the patient how does patience apply like how does how does work? the patience apply to man hunting? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we could talk about the theoretical elements of hunting in this particular section as well because it's about you know, an action and a reaction. It's an exchange within a time-honored, you know, system. So that, you know, little back and forth. Right. To get some man hunting, you know. Right. Give a little, you get a little. Well, not, not, I don't know what you mean. Like, what are you, are you, like, are you, in, in terms of, like, so is this like the dating when you were talking about like the date like the calling on get the number on Thursday and call on yeah. like is that yeah. kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess so this is going terribly. We're having a terrible time. Are you having right? a terrible time? Yeah. <laughs> we could just we could change things. No, so just could, we could change it. You could ask them questions okay. or we yeah. could we talk could about okay. something else. It's you know, it's up to you. Um, <laughs> um any, any any questions that uh well, just any questions really. Nobody really? No, 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 they're out there. They're out there. It's just the shy people. There we go. Yes, uh, you. Yes. Do you think that if you were a successful man hunter that you could go into the woods to be a successful animal hunter? Excellent question. Mm -hmm. Transferability of skills specifically from man hunting to animal <laughs> hunting. I think that if you're a better... I think that you would be a better man hunter if you were a good bargain hunter, but I don't know that man hunting necessarily transfers that to game hunting. <laughs> I, of course, I have to ask you why. <laughs> like, what's the, what's the, what are the bargain hunting skills that you feel apply in man hunting? It's all in the outfit. <laughs> okay. Do you think that like a good man hunter is good at like spotting like be like, oh, like that guy might 
might look a little crappy, but if we if we if we if we if we if we rearranged, you know, if we gave him a different haircut, you know, that kind of thing, he'd be. I have a cashmere sweater from 1956 in the trunk that'll look awesome on that guy. So we can actually combine the activities literally. All right. Okay. Good. Yes. Anything else? Yes. You. You, ma'am. What's turkey hunting? What is turkey hunting like? Excellent question. You know, I don't know, because I've never hunted a turkey, but I saw some pictures when I was researching this, and I didn't realize that turkeys are gigantic animals. They're, like, very large, like, come up to the thigh of a grown man, and they have these huge tails. Like, the plumage is outrageous. It's pretty amazing. But I've, so I've never hunted, I mean, I've never hunted, so I don't know what it's like when they, but they look really cool. Do you think it makes it harder, harder to hit them that they have so much yeah. extreme, that you just keep hitting yeah. the plumage? Yeah. And you're like, damn, damn. Yeah. And in fact, the turkey is just like, you know, yeah. this little tiny piece of meat exactly. in the middle. The hiding, meat's nothing. Hiding in all of this plumage. Okay. I've never, I've never, I've never been hunting either. Um, but I'm guessing. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I think there was someone who had a question up there, is that right? All right, okay. Yes, uh, for Steve Cato in the booth. Have you ever tried out, like, Big Buck Hunter, like the video game that they have in, in bar some bars in New York, even? Like, have you tried that out? I love that game. So, so it's like you have been hunting, sort of, then. Like, I guess. But I also... How far did you get? Did you get to Maine? <laughs> I don't get that far, no. Mm -mm. So how far, like, talk about it? Well... Well, I mean, it's possible that I wouldn't remember necessarily how I scored on it because of the location in which the game happened to be played in and the, you know, I mean, it was in a bar, come on. But um, the, the, there's always a delay on those. So it takes you like five or six bucks to actually realize that your rifle's off. And so you have to fix it to, you know, you have to fix your aim, correct? as it were, for the game, which that, always really made me mad, so I'd go to pinball. Right. But that, does that, I thought that just simulated wind conditions. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Maybe. So it's hard. So it's, it's a hard game. But I like that you contend that she actually has been hunting by virtue of having played that game. Well, you can also shoot turkeys in that game, too, right? Like, you can actually, like, go for turkeys, so it's like something like shooting turkeys. I guess. It's like the hunting equivalent of online dating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, all right, you, you ma'am, yes. So the comparison between a high score specifically in the in the game Duck Hunt that Nintendo versus game, right? hunting specifically for turkey specifically in real life. Yeah. Okay, that's an excellent question. <laughs> what game is Duck Hunt? Do you know? Do you yes, know Duck no, Hunt? I know Duck okay. Hunt. I'm very familiar. Um, so again, with the duck hunting, it was something that was secondary after Super Mario. So it was like when you got bored of playing Super Mario, you put the duck hunting in. Although it was pretty satisfactory. I would think that shooting at the plumage would probably take over because the graphics on that duck hunting are horrifying now. But that's, that's my answer. Are there other hunting simulations that you've been involved in apart from, the, apart from buck hunt and duck hunt? <laughs> no, that was a oh, buck and duck, yeah. Is that what it was? was, it, was it, is that what it was called? Buck hunt, right, yeah. Had you have other like have you ever played a hunting based board game or <laughs> role play fantasy role playing game? No. Okay. Or other video games? 
I'm more of a pinball person. Okay. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm, I guess I'm curious at, at how cur- how serious your hunting plan is. Like, if you've been like, like sort of training for it, or if you like, do you have an if you have an actual intention? Um. Or? Well, I. Uh, this whole BB gun thing is really throwing me off because that was the, what I assumed would be like my first step into that world. Because I mean, to be honest, I really don't think I could ever shoot something. It's a little bit. I mean, that's yeah. a little crazy to be like, oh, I killed that. Um, so I, now that I, I have to research other elements in which I can shoot a gun, and there's there's like there's like the firing ranges and stuff, but there's something called an air gun where it doesn't have bullets. It just simulates the idea of holding something and aiming. So I might try that first. What it doesn't? What, does, what do you mean? It just makes a loud noise. Cool. Oh, okay. Um, are there any hunters who have questions? Yeah. Is there anyone who's been any hunting huntings, with? people? I, I, oh, okay, well, or, or non-hunters. Um, shooting flying objects considered to be the most difficult aspect of hunting, or is there other big game? Is shooting flying objects harder than shooting non-flying objects? Um, from what I understand, that is the hardest. Um, tall grass and small animals is also very difficult. <laughs> um, so like the mouse hunter. <laughs> the chipmunk hunter is, re- is revered among the hunters. Well, the, it's the grouse hunter that's pretty revered. Is that yeah. is the grouse? Is it's the grouse, grouse tiny yeah. I don't around? actually know what they look like. They're apparently, I don't, I don't know, know either. But anyway, um, and then also there's something called bear baiting, which uh, happens in Alaska that is apparently very difficult and is very controversial. What is, what is it? It sounds foolish. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they set up these traps in the woods, basically, but they're bait traps, so... You basically you stand you stand around this hut ba- that a bear is supposed to come and walk over and eat from, but it's a lot of waiting. So, so you set up a hut and the bear is supposed to go in and then then you you shoot him. Is that the? Yeah, but you're only allowed to shoot him in certain areas and like on his body. It's there's a lot of. You only really you have to yeah. like if you shoot him in the wrong place in his body you get in trouble. Something like that. Yeah, there you get fined or something and like it's a it can only be there's um. I don't know a ton about this, but there's something to do with fur color. That if it's a certain type of brown, you're not allowed to shoot it because it means that it's younger. And if it has a cub with it, you're not allowed to shoot it because it's probably a mom. And wow. it, again, I'm I, I'm not an expert, but it seems like the skill of like standing fairly close to a large bear <laughs> and then being able to remember those complicated rules <laughs> in that situation seems like it's a, a big skill. Sorry, did they have refs? Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They sit around, they chat about it, they come up with an answer. Um, uh, 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 you, you, sir, you in the corner, yes. Uh, you mentioned patience. While, while manhunting, when should you pull the trigger? Good question. Um, well, that's when you call on Tuesday. And then I think that the rule is, um, according to my sources, um, after three dates... That's when the, you get to pull the trigger, according to the manhunting rule and book. Metaphorically, just metaphorically, we're talking. The, are we talking about the sex trigger? <laughs> Is that the the one that we're pulling? Okay. So it's, it's Tuesday, three dates. Three dates. And then it's, it's killing time. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so many people. Um, yes, you, sir. Game hunting requires a license, and there's a lot of sort of rules and regulations surrounding it. Do you think that? Licensing and rules and regulations should be applied to other forms of hunting. 
Excellent question. So should bargain hunting, for instance, or man hunting be licensed? <clears throat> well, there are rules and regulations to most of that other stuff. So I pointed out some of the man hunting rules and regulations. But bargain hunting, I mean, y'all have Boxing Day. That's like a rule for bargain hunting. You know that there's one yeah. day in the entire year that you get to go, and it's definitely going to be 75% off. That's, that's like... That's a, a handbook, basically, for shopping. Is that a good answer to answer your question? Did, do you need more? <laughs> no? You can answer honestly. Are you satisfied? No, you're if you if we can keep going. Okay. I'm happy with He's it. He's satisfied. All right. I'm going go, to go to, I don't normally go to the same person twice. We had Steve Cato before, but now Senor Stefano Cado <laughs> has a question from the, from the sound booth. <laughs> Talking about bear baiting. Bear baiting is cowardly. Um, that's that's in Maine, for example. There's constantly a bill to ban bear baiting. It doesn't just happen in Alaska. It happens in other Northern American states. And um, is this a question? No, no. I'm just telling you wrong. Steve um, is Steve is Steve is actually physically above the law for, for all of these things. That's that's why he's higher up. So it's okay. Um, but bear baiting is where people like put a bunch of donuts out in the stump of a tree every day for a week and make sure that a bear. They don't even sit around and watch. They like take off and just come back and monitor whether a bear has been by. They're like, oh, a bear has been here to eat these donuts. And they're donuts, too. They use donuts. And then what? Then they just have a little laugh at the bear's expense? They come every day to put some donuts out there, make sure that a bear is visiting the donuts. And then uh, on the seventh day, they sit there, put the donuts up, hide in the blind, and shoot the bear. Um, it's weird that it's on the same schedule as manhunting. <laughs> you don't go in right away. It's a really, it's it's a really cruddy way of hunting a dangerous animal in a way, I would say. And then, but beyond that as well, though, like the rules about the coat and where you can shoot the bear just apply to bears in general. So if you were actually like, you know, following a bear in the wild, tracking it, endangering your life, not leaving donuts around, <laughs> the same rules would apply to you. Only you're just like chilling out with some bros in a cabin, you know, cracking some brews, and then checking on the donuts every so often. Kind of that thing. sounds like all types of game hunting, though. Um, some of it's actually more involved. Like, Ted Nugent's really into it. He's, he's really passionate. <laughs> <laughs> he's related really deep stories about game hunting. <clears throat> I, 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 uh, I take your... Um, Criticism, I guess. I guess it's criticism, right? Okay. So I take. I, I agree with you. I think that there that there is a cowardliness, but I think that if you wanted to get sticky about it, that there's probably a cowardliness to all types of hunting because you're a human with a gun. You know. You got a brain. You got thumbs. You got thumbs, man. Like. Right. So, I mean, all types of hunting, you could argue, is kind of cowardly. And so, I mean, I, I agree that that whole baiting thing is a little bit weird, and especially when people, people don't actually observe the areas under which they're supposed to hunt, and they're very specific regulations. Like, if you Google New York State hunting, it comes up with, like, 80 squadrons, and it's only during this period of time, and you can only use this kind of gauge and all the rest of it. And so... The, 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 it's really hard to regulate that because half of that space is private property, you know? Like, if I come to catch a hunter on my property, it's going to be trouble. That's why I want a gun, to shoot the hunters. <laughs> no, just kidding. I won't shoot the hunters. 
The hunters are hunted. Okay. That was that was a sort of unconvincing. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so, suddenly, the whole lecture's like taken this different like turn. Um, um, I'll go all the way. In the, oh, oh, okay. Yes, you at the yes, you near the bar. To the redundancy of, um, of this primitive instinct that we have of, of hunting, um, I just wonder if, the, if there's any um, if there's anything that we can actually, apart from shopping uh, for, for bargains, is there any way we can actually uh, constructively use this this instinct that's now hopefully useless in our society? <clears throat> you mean? Um... Do you mean like specifically the the, the killing part? Because the rest, I mean, the whole lecture, I think, was about its usefulness. In, I mean, again, I think it comes back to the idea of pursuing something. So, um, I mean, I think that if if you pursue something, it, you don't have to. I mean, it could be anything. That's a little bit my argument. Like, if you're pursuing a job or you know, whatever, going to school or whatever it is, it's the act of of really gunning for that and going for it because it's really important to you. Um, that's that's, I guess, I guess that's really a positive thing. I don't think that's redundant if you don't repeat it forever. You know, hopefully you'll pursue something, you'll get it, and then you'll move on and pursue something else, right? Does that answer your question at all? No? I think Hello? it does for me. Okay. Sure, I'm okay, I guess, you. Do you think it would be the same satisfaction if instead of using a real gun, they use paintball guns? Ooh. In game hunting? If they use paintball guns <laughs> in game hunting? Totally. Would there be the same satisfaction as the question? That's like a, that, that would, yes. Because you know what? You'd have like performance art after. It would be like all these animals running through the entire world with like green and blue and purple. Be like, that guy got nailed like three times. He must be really slow. <laughs> um, maybe we'll end on that image. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Trampoline Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecturer was chosen by Erica Capito. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Our coordinating producer is Kate Bars. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It helps a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.